world full of Uniteds. It is a magic moment from Hyun-Min Cities. Through to Lucas Moura! And Rovers. Harry Kane! Oh, what a goal! There is only one Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! Hello and welcome back to the One Hotspur Podcast. I'm Toby from Underscore Spurs Center, and today I'm joined by Bodhi from Hotspur.Industry. How are you doing, Bodhi? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Um, so it's been a while, but we're going to try to catch you up on everything that we've missed, um, starting with our 3-2 win over Newcastle uh, all the way back on October 17th. Uh, Kane got his first goal and first assist of the season, uh, as well as a goal from Tangin Dombele and Youngman Sun. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game and uh, thoughts on Kane, especially? Uh, don't blame me for my for my memory being a bit rusty. It's kind of difficult to remember that far back. But mm-hmm. sorry, what, what were you saying again? Sorry. Uh, well, let's just let's talk about uh, Harry Kane, given that that was uh, his first full contributions of the season. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kane? Uh, he scored a hat trick for England yesterday. Um, yeah. But just overall, what are your thoughts on him this season? I think I I I genuinely think he's being very unfair to the club. I feel I feel like he's playing poorly on purpose, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna just like completely accuse him, but I do feel like that's yeah. what's happening because. You know, it's no coinc- it no it's no coincidence where you don't score for multiple games at Spurs and then you score a hat trick and like what what yeah. was it? Um a scissor kick yeah. getting hat trick if the yeah. England, you know, that just it does you can't make that up. So mm-hmm. I mean I would have I would have thought he would have been playing better with Conte appointed, but mm-hmm. seems he still really wants that move to City and honestly at this point I just give him give him it. Because we, we yeah. have players that, that we could sign for cheaper than mm-hmm. he would go younger, would fit yeah. a system to where they where the team doesn't completely rely on that one player. Like, mm-hmm. like apparently this Vlavic guy seems to be pretty decent, so we may as well yeah. go for him. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just it's just a poor situation, and on everyone's part. But I think yeah. he really needs to stop because he's letting everyone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish we could go back in time and tell Levy to accept the uh, 100 million, I think. I don't know if they got any higher than that, Man City, but uh, to just accept the highest bid that he could get out of them. Because uh, honestly, honestly, I'd rather have uh, Sun starting a striker with Bergvine on the left and Lucas on the right, or you know, whatever formation we're playing, even if it's just uh, like Sun and Lucas up top, if we're going to go to the 3-5-2. But <clears throat> I saw someone saying that the uh, England team was just so much better quality than Spurs and that was the reason why Kane was doing better with them but it's just it's so clear that his motivation is on two completely separate levels because you can't tell me that that England team is so much better than Spurs I mean yeah they're better than Spurs probably but um you know we we have some class players on our team Tangi and Dompley, Hyungman's son I rate Lucas Moore really highly um Emerson I've been really impressed with Kuti Romero has been doing very well Sergio Reguilón has been doing very well. Um, like, we have the players in our team. Um, and I don't think it's Kane necessarily playing uh, poorly on purpose. But I do think that it's Harry Kane not putting any effort in at all, um, which is really frustrating to see. That's um, the time he's mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that 
uh, Antonio Conte. Well, I mean, I'm assuming Kane will get the start against Leeds, especially after uh, that hat trick. But if he plays like he's been playing, I hope uh, Conte drops him, to be honest. Yeah. And it will happen as well, because that's the type of manager Conte is. If Kane's not performing, he'll bench him for Scarlett. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't put Scarlett in. Um, but that's, uh, that's how extreme he is with his team selection. You know, every spot is available, no matter how good you are. And, yeah. And that's, that's just how it's going to go. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, moving on. Uh, from Kane and Newcastle. We then went uh, to lose to Vitesse, who, speaking of Dane Scarlett, uh, he got another start in that game. Um, and Dylan Markenday came off the bench um, and uh, had a little cameo, which I was fairly impressed with. I thought he did um, pretty well, considering he only had 15 minutes on the pitch. But He did look very, he did look very bright any time he had the ball. Like, it was just one move that he'd done. Uh, it's like when you take it down, the wing and then you do like an mm-hmm. inset and then take it around the outside yeah. do you have you ever heard of chris md mm-hmm. yeah well that's like his sign- signature move and he done that in game and then mm-hmm. send one of their players to the shops i was like jesus christ this kid's gonna be insane yeah but don't look at i'd say outside of maybe uh troy parrot and uh dane scarlet is probably the brightest player in our academy as of right now um this season so far in a Premier League two, he has ten goals and two assists in ten matches, which is just really that good. is insane numbers. Especially considering he's not a striker, um, he plays off the wing. So I mean, he has been playing up top a little bit because we loaned out uh, Keanu Tete and um, Troy Parrott, and then Dane Scarlett's been training with the first team. But you know, overall, I think there's big, big things to come from Dylan Mark and Day, and I'm extremely uh, happy about it and looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, me too. I think the uh, the less we say about the test, though, the better. Um, move on to another, like, just disappointing game. Um, the last game in which we've had a shot on target, I might add, uh, which was the one 0 loss to West Ham. That was a tough uh, one to take because there's someone in my class who supports West Ham, and as soon as I lost that game, taking the absolute piss out of me, and I just uh it was horrendous, but. Mm-hmm. It's like at that point, it's just—it's not even a, f- a factor of like the taking the Mickey out of you. You just feel embarrassed for yourself. Yeah. Because how you have to put up with watching them. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's I see Spurs does this a lot to me, where I can't speak, where I can't do speak English because they just yeah. annoy me so much. But yeah, I got proper shot on by everyone I know because everyone mm-hmm. I know. Supports Chelsea, Arsenal, or West Ham, and yeah. only Spurs fan a lot. So I just got fun. I I just got destroyed by all them. So that wasn't fun. Um, yeah. But I was looking more at the performance and just thinking, Jesus, what is wrong with us? Yeah. And, and the thing was, was, on that day, I didn't think West Ham were particularly good. It was just we were particularly bad. Um, yeah. Which is just disappointing. But well, that's how it always goes with West Ham. We always play yeah. poor. They play average, and then they just come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's disappointing for sure. Moving on to our next game, uh, the Carabao Cup. We beat Burnley one nil thanks to a Lucas Moura header off of an Emerson cross. Um, I mean, 
I think this is probably the best thing that Nuno did during his time was keep us in the uh, Carabao Cup um, with the win over Wolves and now the win over Burnley. Um, I think, you know, with Conte in, I don't see why we can't challenge to win it, especially given that uh, City's already been knocked out. Um, just a quick reminder, the teams left are Arsenal, Sunderland, Brentford, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Leicester, and West Ham, who we face in the next match, or in the, uh, like, next round. Um, and, you know, I mean, only three other big six teams left, and uh, Leicester or Liverpool is going to be knocked out, given that they're playing each other next. And then if, if we beat West Ham, it would probably more than likely be uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, and then either Liverpool or Leicester, which I think is an extremely winnable, as long as we don't get Liverpool, because we never seem to be able to beat them. But I'd take Arsenal or Chelsea, to be honest. I think we could beat either one of them um, on our day. Um, and I think we could win the, uh, the whole thing. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Carabao Cup and that one over Burnley? Uh, Burnley is a team where it's like, I always considered Burnley like a bogey team for us, but then in recent games, we've just absolutely torn them apart. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel sorry for them because it's like, you're getting, you're getting thrashed by, by Tottenham. You know, there's something yeah. wrong with you. Um, but we could we could win it. It all dep- I'll be completely honest with you. Unless we buy players in January, there's no chance whatsoever that we're winning this cup. Um, but we well, can. It looks like win we're going to sign some players in January. So yeah, hopefully. But we can win the cup given players that have been signed. Um, and you know, under Conte, you know, players he can do a lot to a group of players, even if they're not good, which is perfect for us because we are shocking um mm-hmm. i just it's you just wish that you'd be challenging for more difficult for difficult cups rather than something like yeah. carabao but uh, you know what with how bad we are anyways i'll, I'll take mm-hmm. it if we win it and how long it's been since we've won a trophy like i'd take it within a heartbeat too long too long yeah much too long anyhow um Moving on to our next game, Nuno's final game in charge, the 3-0 loss to Man United. And I think this really just encompassed the Nuno tenure at the club. Just poor lineup decisions. I don't understand why Ben Davis started that game. I, just, I still can't wrap my head around why he started him over Sergio Reguilon. And then dropping Tangi and Dombele for Gio also is slightly more forgivable, forgivable, but I I don't get why he would drop Dombele, given that he was one of our better players in the past couple of match weeks before that. Um. Yeah. See, I used to think Lacelso was going to be like some really special talent when he first joined, and for the fir- and like for the first six months, but now he's just—I don't know—since that injury and he's came back, he just hasn't been the same. It's the same with Regulon. You know, the two—if they mm-hmm. keep playing the way they are, they may as well just leave. I um, disagree with that. I think that Gio Lacelso and Sergio Regulon are on two very different levels right now. I think Sergio Regulon's playing quite well, actually. Um, he has the most assists in the Premier League for us this season. He has two. Um, and Gilles also is just, he's on, I don't know what he's doing. It's There's such a difference in between his level for Argentina and his level for Spurs. It's I don't understand what it is. I don't think it's a lack of effort like it is in the Harry Kane case. But there's there's something, maybe it's the coaching, maybe he's more familiar with the players. But for Argentina, he plays exceptionally well. Um, you, when you look at the Copa America, he was one of Argentina's most important players. And then he comes back to Spurs and he can barely connect the pass. It's mind-boggling, really. I don't understand. You know what one player 
I mean, while we're on the talk of like this whole thing that's going that's going on, one player that just came to my mind is how the hell is Darrington Sanchez not getting a game? I don't get I- it. Every single time he's played, he's been fantastic since well, the season started. It just hasn't made sense to me. Because, I mean, Kuchi Romero and Eric Dyer have been fantastic. I don't see any reason to drop either one of them. Because Sanchez is better than Dyer. Like, at this but season, we need someone to be, like, in my opinion, I think we need Dyer in the starting 11 so he can be a leader, whatever you want to call it, and, like, organize the back three, I don't think. I think playing Sanchez is, and Romero together would be. But the thing is, right, you see, Dyer may have that that commanding sort of presence in the in this back line, but is he actually quality enough to, to make a starting lineup that's going to win things? Absolutely not. He'd suit a team like Burnley or a, like a lower That's a little harsh. Team. Nah, it's not harsh because, he's you know, he's a big guy. He can be consistent on his days. I mean, he would suit the style of play that they set up with and it's not it's not like demoting his quality because he's he can be good on his days very good but he's not a player that's going to win your trophies which is the whole and reason Davinson why Sanchez he, is well he's better than Dyer. I disagree I think I like Sanchez would you rather, okay well in this case would you rather have Sanchez or Davies in the back line with them too okay well in an ideal world, Davinson Sanchez would be left-footed, so I'd play him uh, in the spot where Ben Davis is. But I do understand why Conte's opted to start Davis in the back three to get like someone who's left-footed and can play uh, going up the left side uh, more comfortably. Um, but like, yeah, like I said, in an ideal world, one of Dyer, Sanchez, or Romero, or even Joe Rodon would be left-footed, and we could play them in that spot over Ben Davis. Um, but I'm hoping in the uh, January transfer window, we will probably sell either Sanchez or Dyer and then replace them with a left-footed um, center back. I don't know. I'd rather, if I'm being honest with you, I'd rather, I'd rather, um, what do you call it? I'd rather sell Davies and get a left-footed center back like Bastoni or Roming Nolly. Roming Nolly, is that his, how mm-hmm. you pronounce his name? Or Ro- something like that. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, him. And you know, we, you know, those mm-hmm. are two players that we could get instantly. Yeah, they'd want to come to Spurs, and then, honestly, at this rate, in the January transfer window, the tack may be lacking. But realistically, you want to get two defenders in. Regulon, I don't know about him. We'll give him the rest of the season. He could probably he could probably do it. Um, and then you got Sessegnon, who's always injured, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, it hasn't affected us too much recent as of yet. And for me personally, I, I'd prioritize, um, maybe I would prioritize a striker and two center backs and Cassie on a free if we can get him. Mm-hmm. If we can get him straight away, that's even better. Well, but yeah. for me, yeah. but for me, if the ideal world would mm-hmm. see us getting him um, on a free and then we get two center backs really good, like a Bastoni and a Skrinia and someone like Vlavic, because that's the talk. The talk is that we can spend up to four hundred million pounds and not go and not exceed financial fair play because we've yeah. spent that little over the transfer window. Like the thing you is see we PSG, can, but we won't because it's Daniel Levy in charge. There's no way no, no, he's going to spend. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
the talk is, according to various sources, I don't know the specific names of them, but some have said that there is a chance we could be spending up to $150 million in this transfer window. Now, I don't know yeah. about you, but you can get some pretty decent players with $150 million. And, and, you know, and knowing the likes of Paratici, you know, you'll find a lot of that there could be swaps involved. You know, you could yeah. find, like, you know how you said with, like, Kunde before and that deal broke down, Sanchez mm-hmm. was likely to go the other way. You know, a mm-hmm. deal like that could end up happening. You know, yeah. like, you, Ben Davies, a Ben Davies would do would do well in in a, not a lower tier uh, league, but, like, a slower pace, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he, he's like quite rash, under, he's quite rash under pressure, but if he goes to a team like, like, Inter or, some, or somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. he would do well there, and that's... Like, yeah, exactly. So you'll find that a lot of, like, players that don't cut it will end up leaving on swaps, and I could see, mm-hmm. and I could see, honest, in all honesty, if Kane were to leave, like, this, like, this January, which is unlikely, but if he ever were, I, I'd see Vlavic, Skriniar, and and the left-footed centre-back come to the club. Well, Skriniar is actually left-footed. So, actually, I think he is. Skriniar is right-footed. Oh, he is? Not bad. Yeah, he's right-footed. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. No, actually, Skriniar is left-footed. Um, is he? Yeah, he is. Um, what so, the that would be idea. Getting him in. But, uh, yeah, I think, for me, my top priorities would definitely be getting in um, another striker someone that could play um, up top. Like, I would take Carlos Vinicius back in a heartbeat right now. I know he signed for PSV, so it's not going to happen. But um, I would, like, definitely take him back uh, if he was, like, primarily as a backup. But um, I would take someone of, like, of his level in if we could get it. I mean, obviously, Dusan Vlavic would be, like, the ideal appoint, uh, the ideal Plus, signing, I should say. Um, is right-footed. What? Scrini is right-footed. I've just checked on FIFA here. Uh, I checked on a fat mob. It says left footed. Oh, let's try Google. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, um, and then I would try to get in a creative midfielder and a center back. That would be like my ideal thing, getting in a striker, creative midfielder, and a center back. But um, yeah. Anyhow, got derailed there a little bit. Um, after the uh, Man United game, Antonio Conte was brought in. Uh, what were your thoughts on Antonio Conte? Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Con- yeah, Conte. Uh, Conte, this one, no one can deny. He is an absolutely fantastic appointment. He could have gone better. Um, mm-hmm. for what this club needs, we're, we're, in, like, we're in need of a dire rebuild. You know, Conte, he's uh-huh. the type of guy that knows exactly who he needs. And as soon as he gets that, that, that's that one player that he needs will be flying. So, it's like it's not going to be a slow process of building large amounts of cash to get to an attractive brand of football. He uh-huh. knows exactly who he can get. And, you know, and he's like the type of manager that can win things, but can win things sooner than any other manager. You know, yeah. he's already thinking about winning the league the next season. You know how mm-hmm. mad that is that he's already thinking about that. And, you know, and yeah. the likes of uh, Nuno was thinking of, oh, Europe, you know, if I could get Europa League and then maybe try and get the Conference League final or win it, you know, that would be a good season for me. Conte's mm-hmm. already thinking about Champions League this season and then winning the yeah. league next season. You know, that's the difference in quality between certain managers. 
and mm-hmm. their and their ambition for the club. And yeah. I think more more like more excitingly than than anything with the appointment of Conte is we know because because of his ambition and his wanting to spend money, we know mm-hmm. Levy's going to spend money because why he he can't. There's no way he's going to pull a, a manager like Conte without guaranteeing funds for the season. That like, and that's that's exactly why Conte turned turned down in the summer because Levy didn't want to spend that money, and that's that was the lack, quote unquote, lack of ambition, lack mm-hmm. to spend money to win trophy. And then after Nuno was sacked, they realized, oh wait, we actually need to spend money here if we're going to get any sort of recovery. And I'm glad that they finally realized this because this. This has been said for so long. And he says, and Paratiti says to Conte, will you join this time? Then they find out the negotiations. They get it done. And and we can't argue. It's it's one of the best, like, uh, managerial appointments we've ever had in the history of Spurs. It's it's fantastic. Like, he's one one of the biggest names Tottenham have ever had, like, Mm -hmm. since being founded. So I'm yeah. just I'm really excited to see how we can do, and if he can you know if he can bring us to the next level that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So we'll just wait and see. Yeah, yeah, because that's all we can do at this point. Um, Conte's first match in charge was the three-two win over Vitesse. Um, <laughs> game five goals, three red cards, an own goal, and. Harry Winks passing forward. I mean, we really saw everything in this game. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Um, and I didn't actually watch a lot of that game. I watched a mm-hmm. bit of it, but I didn't watch the last thirty, which is apparently one of really tasty. But yeah. you know, I it, we definitely looked. We definitely, you know, you, we all like we always do with, when we get a new manager. We had that little spark of like a new motivation with a new manager. Which will uh-huh. eventually diminish unless we sign some players, and we'll end up yeah. the same thing with Conte as any other managers. But you know, we look we looked more organized. We look like an actual team that was like playing to win the game rather than just all over the place trying to do their own thing, get something uh-huh. going like a couple of mates playing a game of football. Yeah. So, and so that that's a positive sign. But the fact that we went up three 0 and still conceded two, you know, that's scary. Yeah, it reminds me exactly. of the uh, West Ham and Bournemouth games um, exactly. under yeah, exactly. Mourinho. You know, that's just that's that's kind of that worries you, and you and you're thinking of other times, and you think, you know, even no, and then you look at that game, you think three two against Vitesse. Okay, so Vitesse is nowhere near as well known as teams like West Ham, Bournemouth, and and you know we're tying for, and we're going three two to them and barely scraping the win to be fair yeah and you think and then you look and you look back to when that happened you figured free to test you know we have gone absolutely nowhere in the league at all mm-hmm. you know we've we've like since those games we've gone essentially nowhere you know we've signed a couple players but it's in the process of where we're stuck in the same place and you know mm-hmm. until 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 we sign statement players we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to be stuck forever unless we yeah. spend the money that's required to get there. Because realistically, we have everything we need. You know, we have the stadium, the training facilities. We have the manager. We have some really top-tier t- players. 
all we need is to convince is to convince the players to come through strength of ambition and money because that's what that's how you that's how you get the players the wage bill and the money and so yeah which is it's a, yeah it's always going to it's always going to go the same way with this with what I'm going to say it's it's always going to be the same you just you we just got to hope that in January transfers are happening which if they don't then we'll be we should be asking serious questions over you mm-hmm. know why Conte even signed in the first place mm-hmm. yeah no, I agree uh, last last game up uh, the nil nil draw against Everton I think <laughs> disappointing um, Kane like we said earlier didn't play particularly well um, I don't think we played particularly well um, I was impressed by uh, Darty actually when he came on um, but what were your thoughts the Everton game you know what Darty done for, considering the fact he's right footed he didn't do terribly as a yeah. left wing, but it was it was it was definitely odd. Like it was, we had never seen that before. It was really odd to look to see. I was a bit confused. Like, wait, what's what's going on here? I don't, I don't like this a bit. I don't really like this. Uh, yeah. I was getting a bit nervous when I saw, it, but you know, yeah, my same. nerves settled a bit when I saw that. You know, he wasn't doing horribly. You know, he was doing yeah. okay. And uh, and it was very it was a very cagey affair, but there was definitely a lot of signs of like stability and you know we were working the ball around very well sometimes and i'm mm. sorry i just have to appreciate this emerson is a fucking baller you can bleep yeah. that out if you want emerson is a baller yeah no emerson i love emerson water player like at first when i sat when we signed and i said like nuno like back five and i was thinking okay so you know he's like a six he's he's quite tall and stocky for like mm-hmm. his position you know I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, will he end up being like another one of those back three, like Tanganga type of centre-backs, like a Tommy Yasu, mm-hmm. or will he end up being yeah. an attacking wing-back? And, you know, I agreed with what the Spanish journalist said when he first signed, saying, you know, it could either be a big hit and miss for Emerson. Mm-hmm. He's got a very good attacking presence, but it was very, it was very, uh, it's, been a, it's been a huge success so far. He's grown into the season to the team. You know, every game he's looking like one of the standout players. And, you know, him and Romero together look so comfortable on the ball. And that's what yeah. we've been missing for a long time is the stability at the back to be able to take the ball, pass it around and work something because that's that's where the whole attraction started. It started from having a comfortable back line who was constantly mm-hmm. relying on defensively and on the ball. And, you know, that's the one thing you need because Romero and Emerson and Galini, they're all mm-hmm. comfortable on the ball. Yeah. And, you know, and Sanchez was starting to get comfortable on the ball. And, you know, Dyer, Dyer's, I don't know, Dyer, Dyer's hit and miss on the ball. Usually he's very mm-hmm. good in the air most of the time, but sometimes his marking and his overall defense, it can be poor, but, but that's not mm-hmm. my point. Uh, and then Davies, he's too rash. He's literally the definition of not comfortable on the ball for a defender. Mm-hmm. As soon as he's being pressured, he hoofs it up before he lose possession. And that's the only reason why he can't be a top tier player at Tottenham, because he mm-hmm. he because not only is he is his defending terrible at times, but on the ball it's main, it's always on the ball. You think okay, right, he's being pressured, right? Let's just watch him hoof it up. Let's see how far he can kick it. Mm-hmm. You know that's just, 
and that's how that's how it goes. So it's it's nice. It's really refreshing to see the stip to see the stability that we've been missing for so long with players like mm. Emerson and Romero. Thought the midfield had very looked very promising. Some parts of it was a bit dodgy, but for the most part, they look very good. Um, yeah. It was a lack. Of, once again, it was a bit of a lack of creativity. You know, wait, what was the score again? Was it? It was no nil. No no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lack. It was definitely a lack of like creativity. And Son yeah. wasn't clinical on the day, which was a big downfall for us. There was, I believe, there was one chance in particular where he got played through by Kane or Emerson. It was one of the uh-huh. other, and he, it was a one-on-one, and he absolutely fluffed it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's when you're like, oh come on, you have to be doing better than that. Like that, that's a game-defining chance. And at the end of the day, it did define the game, and it and we. We were in pole position to win that if Son mm-hmm. scored, and we probably would have scored more if he scored that first chance. And we also had more than more as well, and uh, it just nothing went our way that game. Um, it was a really undeserved uh, draw, in my opinion. And I, I haven't, I don't know if I've said this before on this pod, but I hate Everton so much. Mm-hmm. I really hate Everton's fans in particular. It's mainly their fans. I really dislike them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an Everton fan listening, don't take offense to it. I just I've had bad experiences with Everton fans. I mm-hmm. and I just overall don't really like them very much. And it's it, so that's just one that was one of the more annoying things to me was the fact that it was an undeserved draw. Like I'll be able to yeah. happily admit that you know we got comfortably beat and we got outplayed if we were playing yeah. good or bad or whatever else, but you know, that was an undeserved draw and we should have won that game comfortably as well yeah but you know we take we take you know we take the point and we move this we can't change it now yeah we desperately need to get back above arsenal though i i can't stand arsenal fans right now they're getting like one decent bit of form for the first time in like three years and now they're talking and talking and talking it's, oh my god somebody needs you to put them back that, in their place at the end of the day that's you know, we can let them do that because that's the whole reason. Like, they're doing that now because they know in the next few weeks that that form's going to be gone again, and they're going to be they're going to have to just pity their team again while everyone everyone's laughing at them because that's what was happening. Literally, everyone was laughing at them. So yeah. you know what? Fair enough to them for like you know, savoring the moment while they have it. Because mm-hmm. I've realistically, Spurs fans, they saved the moment when they were at top of the table with Jose, and then we fell off, and everyone was laughing yeah. at us. Mm-hmm. You know, every every fan of a club does the same thing. So it's just, I'm I, I really hope that they dip soon because they don't deserve yeah. to be doing well. Their fans don't deserve happiness. <laughs> um. Uh. But for honestly, I don't I don't blame them for the way they act. And I would act the completely same way if we were doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then. I think that's uh, every game. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know if there's anything else that's happened. I did want to mention um, Kiana Tete uh, out on loan to Northampton yeah. in League Two. Uh, prior to today's game, he had uh, three goal – or, sorry, four goal contributions in the last four games. So – Good for him. I heard, been, I heard he's been doing very well. Yeah. Well, he didn't start off. I mean, he started off really strongly. Like his uh his debut was a uh 
a brace. He scored twice. Um, but uh, after that, he didn't score. Uh, so the brace was on August 11th, and then he didn't score again until October 19th. Um, but uh, he scored on October 19th, scored again on October 23rd, uh, provided an assist on uh, October 30th, and then most recently um, scored in the FA Cup on November 6th. So, I mean, all things considered, um, that's pretty good. And then today he, uh, he didn't score. They lost 2-1 to Bristol Rovers. But, um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people were kind of counting. Um, yeah, but a, a lot of people have been uh, counting him out, I think, um, like not going to have a chance at Spurs because of Troy Parrott and uh, Dane Scarlett, who seemed to be ahead of him. Um, in like in terms of getting chances in the first team, uh, but I think you know if he can continue this form throughout the season. Well, that's, um, why, that's why it's so good with Conte because, like I said before, any everyone gets the same opportunities, and you know they're all out on loan as well. Scarlett's getting the first up with the first hand, and then I I reckon Scarlett will end up getting loaned out if he's you know next season or even in January if he's not doing well, and he'll bring well, back he can't leave. Parody. He can't, um, he's too young. He can't be loaned out until uh, next summer. But um, uh, yeah, I agree. I think depending on how Troy um, finishes this season um, and depending on if we sign anyone in January, I could see um, Troy being brought in as the backup, especially if we sell Kane. Um, and, you know, maybe we sign Joseph Lavich and we bring in Troy as the backup after that. Or um, if we decide to keep Kane and we sign another striker, uh, then I could see, you know, all three strikers potentially going out. Um, Dane Scarlett, Troy Bear, and Keanu Sete. I'm getting some more time. Hopefully, Troy back into the championship next season, given that he's currently in League One. And uh, Tete, hopefully moving up to League One. And I assume Dane Scarlett would probably start in League One as well. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's the only academy side of things that I really wanted to uh, bring up. Um, oh, actually, sorry, one more thing. Uh, Alfie Whitman, uh, Alfie Whitman, I think is how you say it. Alfie Whitman, maybe. Uh, yeah. Playing for Degerfors in, I think, Sweden. Uh, but he's been doing really well. Um, so <clears throat> happy for him, but I just wanted to also throw that out there. You know what? I feel uh, Harvey White's gone completely invisible at Tottenham. He used to, he was like Nate yeah. considered like a really well, big prospect yeah. that's been on loan. No one's really talked about him much. Mm -hmm. He scored a few goals this season um, for the under twenty threes, but you know, I yeah, I don't know why he. I don't know why he wasn't sent on loan again this season. Um, considering he did pretty well at Portsmouth um, in the second half of last season. But yeah, hopefully he yeah. gets another move this January. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? Well, there's nothing in particular, so I guess not. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Come on, you Spurs.